Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and today I am so excited to be chatting with Beth Hyde. She is a foster and adoptive mama, and she has a lot of exciting things just going on in her life. So thank you for chatting with us, Beth. Hi, it's good to be here. Thank you. So tell us just a little bit about your family and your story. Back when I was 15, it all starts there. I got to go with my aunt and uncle to an orphanage down in Quito, Ecuador, And I was holding this little girl who every detail of her story plays out in some of my girls' stories today and even down to her name. And um, so I was holding her. She was six weeks old and was still kind of going through some withdrawal symptoms, um, been abandoned at the hospital. And I looked at her in the face and God said, this is what you're doing with your life. And I was like, Okay. And so I went to college. I did not major in missions because I was like, I want something that I could support myself because I just had this strange feeling that college was not the place. I went to a small Bible college and I looked around and I was like, probably not going to marry any of these guys. College is incredibly conservative. And I was just kind of figuring out where I stood with Jesus. And Jesus was kind of telling me there's a lot more freedom than legalistic views of Christianity. And so I was like, yep. So I'm going to finish college. And I graduated with English degree and English as a second language uh, minor. And tried to move overseas a lot and God kept closing doors and opened the door for me to teach Latin at a Christian school in the same town that I went to college. So, um, and I don't have any family from Tennessee. And so I just kind of planted myself in Knoxville, Tennessee and was like, I guess I'm going to be here and I'm going to love it. And this is going to be my mission field and worked in different churches and worked in the school and um, enjoyed it. And then one day in a sanctity of life sermon at church, God called me to foster care. And I was like, all right, I'm doing it. I'm going to jump in. And less than two weeks later, I was sitting in a class going, what am I doing? But I'm going to follow (laughs) Jesus and I'm just going to be along for the ride. I was 24 at the time. I tried to foster through a couple of different agencies and they all turned me down because I was too young and single. Um, So I went through the state and a few months later, I got my oldest two girls and they were four and two. They were closer to birthday. So almost five and three when I got them. And you know, I really tried to build a relationship with her mom and she did the classic work really hard for a month and a half and then just couldn't keep up. And so, you know, it was just a really, I, I almost actually gave my girls up a month in or two months in because it was so, so hard. Mm. The caseworker was not helpful. She was telling me I was basically hurting the girls because I wasn't able to keep up, but I was working a full-time job. I was coaching volleyball. I was doing extra jobs in the school and I was doing like six, seven therapies a week plus a weekly two-hour visit. And they were always sick because, you know, trauma mm-hmm. just breaks down that immune system. And um, so God just really opened so many doors. I went to a meeting with placement and assumed that I would say, be saying bye to the girls. And somehow I left that meeting knowing that I was going to adopt the girls. They asked me if I was pre-adopted. And I tell you that that was all Jesus. I have no idea. People are like, how do you do it? And I'm like, Jesus. So, because that's legitimately the truth. I feel like sometimes I blacked out and I was just staying alive and keeping them alive. That's basically yeah. all I had to offer some days. And I, 10 months later, after I got those two girls, I got Nora, who I adopted 10 months later. So I adopted the girls 
about nine months after I got Nora and then Nora the next month. And then I closed my home, said three is enough. Um, I said one, one <laughs> when I started. And I was so all about reunification, trying to build relationships with families. So I, you know, reached out to Nora's other siblings who were with a great grandfather and we built a relationship and it was great. And then a couple months after the adoption, God just kept giving me these dreams about a little baby girl that of Nora's little sister and the mom said, call Beth, she'll adopt her. Um, that actually happened to be around the time my youngest Lucy was conceived. <laughs> and, um, but before Lucy came along, my home was closed and I reopened my home, assuming to adopt a little boy that I was, had been doing respite for his aunt and uncle who were foster parents already did not even know he existed. And somehow they found out, I think the sister finally reached out and told them. And so they ended up adopting him, which is a great thing. He's thriving. He's doing well. He's a beautiful kid. And so I had an open home and I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. Cause I was just going to adopt this kid and be done again. And uh, God gave me Mia, my fourth daughter. And then four months later, Lucy was born. <laughs> so those are my five. I finished my um, last adoption last February of 2020. And then in April of 2020, I did a podcast interview with some random dude. And now I'm married to him. <laughs> and he has two kids from a previous marriage. So total, we have seven kids. Oh oldest, of her, oldest is nine. Um, it's just Ava. Sadie is seven. Elliot is, is five. Nora just turned four. And then Mia, Evie, and Lucy are all two. <laughs> Within a four-month time period, we have three two-year-olds. It's oh my goodness! <laughs> wow. so that's my little story spiel. Oh <laughs> my gosh! As shortly as possible, but it's a big one. <laughs> it's so good. I love Ooh, it. Oh my yes. word! So okay. So this is obviously yes. This was a calling on your life from a very young age, which yes. I just love hearing that. And then. But you had obviously no idea what it would look like. And you kept thinking it would be this, oh, this, no. or this. And then all of a sudden it was like something yes. else. How did you stay open to what actually was happening when you had maybe a different vision in your mind for how things would go? You know, I don't know. I'm very, I think it's a gift from the Lord of being adaptable. I'm a middle child. So I was kind of always tugged around to my sister's things because I've it used to be a joke that I had, I was a talentless kid of the Schneider family because my older sister is super musical, just like my mom and my younger sister. I'm only like five foot one. <laughs> my younger sister is five foot seven, incredibly athletic. So in high school, I was just one that was just involved in everything and just happy to be there. And I just love people. I've always just loved people. And so I just, I don't know. I just was, there was a time coming out of college where I really had to figure out my identity. And I just kind of had this, whole point of which I was going to let it rest in Christ and just kind of let him write the story and I'm along for the ride. Now, there were moments of discontentment. I promise you, I'm not superhuman and just happy all the time. I can have my moments. <laughs> I, I, you know, foster care has revealed a lot of weaknesses in my life. Um, parenting especially has done that as well and um, did not ease into motherhood and stuff. But, you know, figuring out that life doesn't have to look the way everybody I don't want a picture perfect life I actually funny enough in college I had this whole like I was like crying and my mom was like what is wrong with you and I was like I just feel like God's telling me that I'm going to marry a guy with kids and I just I know that my life is not going to look cookie cutter and so I think it's just God was preparing me for that and I just 
being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and letting him lead and just kind of letting him literally Jesus take the wheel type of situation because that's my life. I'm just like, oh, this is the way it is. (laughs) And I'm just going to love the crap out of whatever's in front of me, whoever's Mm -hmm. in front of me. (laughs) That's amazing. And I really appreciate your like honesty about, you know, like some days I'm just keeping people alive. I'm like, I think that as moms and definitely for sure as foster moms, like we need to be way honest about how like day-to-day looks because it is so hard. And there's just this extra layer of difficulty that comes with all of the foster care stuff. I remember looking at my kid, like within the first couple months of getting them. And I'm like, I thought I was going to be super mom. I was going to be the Mary Poppins. And I, I suck at this. I was like, this is not easy because I was always like the babysitter. And I was always like, and I'm like, I don't think I like kids anymore. Yes, it's hard. (laughs) And I just remember looking at them and being like, how can I feel so many emotions at one time and look at you in the face? I just like, I want to love on you so much, but I also would not be mad to leave you for three days with somebody carefully, you know, safely. But I'm a big believer in taking breaks. I'm always like, I'm going to go hang out with my friends so I can love you better when I get back. I tell my kids that. That's so (laughs) important. clear expectations with my kids obviously kids with trauma you kind of have to have a different approach to it people think I'm very blunt which I am but I'm always like you're you're annoying me or I can't think right now with you talking to me and finish this task I have a lot on my mind you need to step away so I'm very honest with my kids and so I also I just think it's super important plus the way I was the, the type of church I was raised in growing up was very legalistic and so I don't like blowing smoke in people's face I am who I am and I I'm sorry if we have a problem. If you have a problem, I'm totally teachable. We can talk about it. But I also, I'm honest. Like, yeah. I got crap. Same. <laughs> I'm not I'm not always quirky, happy, loving. Sometimes yes. I'm like, mom needs a timeout. <laughs> oh, amen. I honestly love that too, because I feel like, especially because I know that you share your journey online and I do mm-hmm. as well. And sometimes I'm like, I just want, like, if people, sometimes I have this like, feeling that like, if people could see me all the time, they'd be like, whoa, like, we're not following you. And I'm like, it's not about that at all. But I just am like, I just want people to know that like, it's hard for me too. I'm like, I'm a therapist. I work with adolescents and children. Like, this is literally my job. And I'm also like, I suck at this a lot of the time. Like, this is not easy stuff (laughs) to do. It's different. It's different when it's your own kid. Yes. And it, and it doesn't matter. And again, we talked about this before we started recording of like, it doesn't matter how many kids you have. Having kids, is hard having mm-hmm. kids a lot like we have seven and that that's a lot but there's also perks with that they play with each other they entertain each other we also fight we have you know the two-year-olds we say it's baby <laughs> fight club <laughs> so it's you know it is what it is but they have people to play with so you know if you have one or two or three or seven it's hard it does yeah. not matter parenting is hard give yourself a break give mm-hmm. yourself permission to first of all be human yeah. because like we're all human. Like I, what we say in our house is we're learning how to be a person because with toddlers, they like to throw fits and they don't know how to deal with disappointment. I say, we're learning how to be a human. And I'm like, I'm only, I'm 29. I've never been 29 before. I'm figuring it out. Mm. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm figuring out how to, I'm t- learning to be a person. Yep. <laughs> so that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay. So as a single foster mom, when you first started fostering, yep. how did the people around you were they supportive? Were they like, whoa, Beth, pump the brakes. This is a little bit crazy. Like how was the support network around you at that point? 
like I said, I didn't have any family in Tennessee at all, let alone Knoxville. And so I had um, family in Northern Kentucky, so about four hours away. And then my my parents have lived in Wisconsin and Milwaukee and near St. Louis. And so they've been far away, but my family has always been very supportive. My parents, uh, my mom's, both my parents' uh, parents have fostered and my mom's parents fostered while I could remember it. Uh, my mom's the oldest of 10, four of which were adopted after the six originals, as we call them, were out of the house. And so it's always been something I've kind of, our family is normal. Like my dad was like, okay, are you, are you sure you're financially ready? You know, you're, you're just like a year and a half into your first job, like paying like full-time teaching position. Are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, Jesus told me to dad. I yeah. it out. <laughs> but it was funny. The school, the Christian school I worked in was actually the most, the place where I got the most pushback. I had a coworker tell me that I was putting the cart before the horse and I'm never going to get married and that foster care is really hard to which I rebuttaled you know it's harder to be a foster kid than it is to be a foster parent because (laughs) these kids did not step into it we can at least plan ahead of time and you know ask for support these kids are ripped out of their homes and just dropped into strangers homes and expected to just act like it never happened which is a lot of crap Mm -hmm. (laughs) these kids are gonna I mean we still have triggers I mean my daughter and I just worked through one and she was adopted I or we just celebrated Mecha Day, um, a five-year Mecha Day um, this past week. And so it's just, we can't expect these kids to pretend like they've never, they've not been through the trauma they've been through. So, but yeah, I had a lot of like, oh, are you sure you shouldn't do that? Or you should wait? Or, you know, like my boss told me to wait until summer break to get kids. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll Clearly. tell the children right in the office. You just wait a couple more weeks. <laughs> so my no. schedule works for you. Right. Oh my word. So, you know, I, again, I think, I am also grateful for the pushback because it made me more determined mm-hmm. to, um, it kind of made me like really decide, is this what I, what I'm going to do? And it, I'm a little bit stubborn and spiteful sometimes. And so I think it might've encouraged me, but it was also Jesus really preparing me for what was ahead because actually fostering was a lot more difficult than people's inappropriate comments to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I had so many people really supportive, but a lot of people were like, well, it's really cool. And then they back away. Like, I don't want to get involved because that seems like a lot of work on my end. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> so, but I, um, you know, I, I was in this one church and then I, I moved churches and that church just welcomed me in and loved the crap out of my kids so much. I mean, I, I, I left that church to move up here and I still watch their live stream every week because I miss them so much. And they, everybody from that church, I swear has adopted from foster care or Haiti. And so it's just, they love on people big and that's what they do. So I'm, you know, finding support system was, we had foster care closets, we had different foster care programs and stuff and just really embrace the community and let them embrace me too, because asking for help is vital to receiving help. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. My goodness. So what did, when you met your hubby on this podcast interview, what did you guys talk about on that podcast interview? Like what happened there that you were like, oh yes, I think there's a connection here. Well, funny enough, I went through the podcast. It was like right at the beginning of COVID and my parents were there that week when he asked me to be on the podcast. I was like, oh yes, I'll, I'll be on the podcast. I was like, oh, I'll research it later. Cause I was like, yes, I want to do it because I love, I love sharing the story God's written. And cause it's, I mean, again, like I said, it's literally, it's all Jesus. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just the face. Jesus is the working, the hands, the feet, all the things. Mm-hmm. And um, 
so I said yes and then I forgot to research the podcast <laughs> so I went in like with like five minutes of research like got the kids out of the out of the pool got them all bathed up put them to bed hopped on the podcast my hair is like dripping wet because I jumped in the shower really fast thankfully it wasn't a video <laughs> <laughs> but so we just talked about being a single foster mom and what Christians like Christians response to foster care and why we should care about foster care and how to be involved in foster care even like different like ways of doing it and I thought he was married the whole podcast because I heard he had kids. So I just assumed. And then after the podcast, the lady who had talked shared, I had like taken a screenshot of the recording stuff. And I was like, did my first podcast interview. And so she commented back and was like, oh, I'm so glad. I, I used to do these 20 videos about The Bachelor. And she's like, I see how your Bachelor stuff. Because I would always, I used to say they need chubby people on The Bachelor. <laughs> I was like, I volunteered to be the first chubby bachelorette. Let's oh, they need a lot of things on The Bachelor. <laughs> Unpopular opinion, but they just need a lot of a lot of things. A lot of they they yes yes. And so I just make fun of the show really. Yeah. And I'm always like, see, they need chubby people because of this this this. Like chubby girls don't care. Whatever. It's just my joke because you know. And so she was like, you know, Mark is single. And I was like, oh, so I did some Facebook stalking, like, you know, a, a, a good foster parent would. Absolutely. <laughs> and I noticed that he went to the same Bible college that my parents went to. And so we, and then we, it's crazy, the connections. He was roommates at college with my cousin's husband. What? And then, and then it gets better. We also, he went to the same type of Christian school that I went to. So we would play each other in tournaments and, <sighs> um, He's actually in my high school yearbook playing against my soccer team. And my dad was our basketball coach and he played basketball. So 11 years ago, he would have shaken my dad's hand in basketball because he played against each other. So it's like, so we got talking like that. And so it was just, he's very, very big personality. He, he just, he was a youth pastor up until about a year ago as he resigned and now he's doing online web designing. And so he just got a big personality. He's so fun. He's very easy to love. Like he's super fun. So we just got talking and, you know, just through his story and my story and the stuff we've been through and um, our love for Jesus just kind of bonded us together. We just started talking and, you know, he's, we were eight hours apart and met up in Indianapolis for our first date in like August. And yeah, I moved up here first of the year. Wow. <laughs> and we got married awesome. in March congrats that is such a fun story and just how like like you said like you you kind of knew like this was the plan like God had told you that and you trusted it and just like look at the story now like it's just so amazing Uh, yep it's it's crazy I love (laughs) love our story it's it's cool to see like I just posted a post yesterday just talking about this is what beauty from brokenness looks Mm -hmm. like because my family has been through a lot of stuff and Jesus can really redeem and restore. And it's really cool to see, see Jesus at work. Oh, yes, it is. That's so good. Hi friends. I just wanted to pop on and let you know that there is something I am so excited about. It's called fearless fostering a deeply connected six month group coaching program for foster mamas. And it is launching in June. This brand new program for foster mamas includes a luxury retreat, a curated community of foster mom friends and ongoing coaching with me. Applications are open June 21st and will be reviewed on a first come first serve basis. So join the waitlist today at fearlessfostering.com and you'll be the first to be notified when applications open. What encouragement would you give to someone who's considering foster care or someone who maybe is already fostering, but maybe feels like we feel sometimes of like, oh my gosh, like I am doing (laughs) the most, but I'm doing not enough. (laughs) 
Yeah. So one thing I think of off the bat is just, just like these kids need community people to step up and to fill in gaps. We need people in the community to step in to fill in the gaps. You have to let people help you. You have to let people be involved in foster care by loving on you and your kids and not just the kids you need to be loved on too. You need to allow people to step in and fill in the gaps because I, I really just don't, you know, as a single foster on, this is something I really had to figure out because I'm very prideful and I don't like to ask for help. And I don't like people to see that I have, you know, weaknesses, which is again, dumb and a load of crap because <laughs> we all do. So yeah. why do we pretend not to? Mm-hmm. So it took a lot of what I learned is just to be, to be vulnerable with people and allow people to help um, because they want to, people want to foster or they, you know, but they, or they want to be involved in foster care because God's called us all to love on the orphan and widow and, we have to let them do that because not everybody is in the position. Like I'm Mark and I are not in the position to foster anymore. First of all, we have seven. We kind of maxed off yeah. on our children. <laughs> um, though we did buy our big 15 passenger van. So, Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so, um, Oh my gosh. I think it's cute. <laughs> it's like the awesome. extra tall one too. So it's like, we can't even go through drive throughs anymore, but you know, whatever. So glorious. <laughs> oh, but it's so nice not to break our backs leaning over and buckling kids. So it has its perks. But just, you know, Mark and I can't foster right now, but we can um, be involved in foster care. So I'm partnering with a foster care agency in Paraguay. And they're actually like this agency is teaching the country leaders how to set up in-home foster care because they're all in group homes and they don't do adoptions. And so they're helping establish a better foster care system down there. And they're helping aged out youth figure out life, setting up with mentors and, and basically like helping them with rent and groceries and jobs and all this stuff. And so that's, you know, one way that I'm assisting with foster care, but let people help you. That's the point is we're made to be in community. Let people who can't foster like me and my husband we want to be involved in foster care partner, you know, just bring a meal, yeah. send a gift card, babysit, big one, <laughs> literally babysit <laughs> uh-huh. or just honestly, and this sounds so simple, invite them over yeah. because you'd be surprised of people are very skeptical about foster kids. And so they get fewer invitations for simple family dinners That's and so just, good. yeah. I, I, you know, people are like, oh, you're such an inspiration. I could never do what you do. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really need your praise. I just need a friend. Mm, yep. Be open your home, take, go meet at a park, like just invite people. Let, but again, that's what I'm saying to foster parents is let people love on you. If people ask you, tell them what you need, be specific. Yep. Or if somebody says, Hey, let me know what you can do. You're like, okay, be, be a funny, honest is what, how I roll with it. It's like, so what do you mean? Like, what level of help? Are we talking like babysitting? Are we talking like a couple hours during nap time? Are we talking like weekends? Or what are we talking about here? Yes. <laughs> and then they're more specific. And then if you all are also somebody offering to help be specific, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I don't yeah. know if you won't, can bring me dinner. I don't know if you can bring me Starbucks or if you can come to my house when I have to take another kid to the ER, because that unfortunately has been a lot oh. of my story. <laughs> uh, yes. So yes. Yeah. So just letting people be involved in foster care because Mm -hmm. it can be a very lonely place incredibly lonely because you're dealing with so much pressure you're dealing with so many emotions because you can be happy uh, visit day I'd be happy if they showed up I'd be mad if they didn't I'd be mad if they showed up I'd be mad if they didn't it's just it's all the all the feelings happy and mad no matter what (laughs) yeah and so 
because it's just a mixture of emotions. So just supporting people and letting people love on you and yeah, sorry, I'm rambling. No, you're not <laughs> rambling. I'm literally <laughs> resonating so much. All of this is resonating. I literally am like, I remember I was on vacation. Like my husband, and I went away for a couple nights and like there was a visit. So my, I think my in-laws were taking care of the kids and they, they were like, oh, like she didn't show up for the visit. And I was like, what? Like, and I was like crying and I was like so mad on vacation. I was like so upset. And then the people that I was, the, my extended family that I was with were like, why are you upset? Like, isn't it a good thing? Like, and I was like, no, it's not a good thing. Like whatever. And I was like, but you're right. Like if it was a normal, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like there's just like, sometimes right. you're like, you're always all the things. Like you're always At, just like, you're like, all the things. Oh, she had a good visit. Great. And then you're like, also she had a good visit. Well, what does that mean? Like, what is that? <laughs> you know? And there's just like so much there that's just always there. And it's, oh, yes. it's, it's such an awkward balance. Because you're also like, you know, with my girls and they, you know, were given the story of adoption and I'm like, oh, my kids are adopted. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, but it's like, yay, because, you know, you don't have to, you know, I'm I'm just stop talking now and just walk away. (laughs) I know. It's so true. There's so much awkwardness to foster care and adoption out of foster care. That's like, I don't really know. Yeah. I was at a birthday party the other day and the mom was, one of the moms was like, oh, you had a baby during COVID? And I was like, well, kind of. I... We we so she came to us like and I was just like blah 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 like I was like I don't yes we're fostering but and she's like oh I'm like okay just I just want to go I just want to leave this no my favorite my favorite story to tell about awkward conversations with people my third daughter or guess she's still the third daughter I don't know we have so many kids now (laughs) Nora my middle daughter uh, has bright red hair and people used to when when it was just the three girl older girls people used to stop me all the time. Oh, red hair. Oh, her daddy must have red hair. And my my oldest daughter wrote, we don't even have a dad. And I'm like, <laughs> the vet, take that stranger. Like, well, and then, and then to make it more awkward, I'm like, well, actually her biological mom does. And they'd be like, Oh, uh, um, uh, uh, I'm like, adoption's a beautiful thing. Don't make it awkward. Yes. It's only <laughs> awkward if you make it awkward stranger. <laughs> or people would ask me in front of my kids who are older do they know they're adopted? Well, first of all, first of all, that's not the way you ask. Stop. Oh my gosh. I, you know, like people would like, you know, that they were just adopted. They were there. They were present (laughs) for it all, but thank you for your concern. Like Sadie, like my husband's going to adopt my girls and we're going to change your last name to Hyde and everything. And Sadie, we were talking about the other day and Sadie's like, yeah, I can't wait to get adopted again because the last time we were adopted, we got suckers. (laughs) Yes, queen. You're going to get yes, more. Like, yes. We will go all the way to the courthouse and make a big ordeal just to get a sucker. That's right. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. She'll be very disappointed if it ends up in a Zoom adoption. <laughs> oh, I know. I hope not. Come on. Oh, yeah. I know. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much. You're just so fun Yay. to talk to. And I just love all that you share online as well. Where um, can people follow your story? So I, I used to obviously be getting married and everything shifted. Um, and so I used to be called the Schneider ladies because I had five girls. And so, but now we are tribe of Hyde on Instagram. I'm not, I don't have a public face. It's not public right now. Long story, but if you ask to follow me, I'll let you follow me. I'm very, cool. I love sharing my story. I also have a blog that I, I started homeschooling because I knew I was going to be moving when I was started dating Mark. And so I started homeschooling and the blog was the thing that got booted with the homeschool. It's oh, stuck yeah. in the life for me. I will never do it again. <laughs> to you homeschool moms out there. I hate it. And I'm a yeah, teacher yeah. by trade. <laughs> yes. And I'm, yeah. 
I have mad respect for the homeschool the mom. <laughs> so I do have a blog that has some things out there, mostly about fostering. I think most, yeah, mostly about fostering. That is at schneiderladies.com. So um, yeah, I, I love sharing. If you want to reach out to me and have a conversation or just reach out to me and vent or ask me questions. I know how to foster in Tennessee. So I know every state's different. So I will put out there that I did foster in Tennessee and I know, understand the laws-ish there. So <laughs> perfect. Well, thank you so much. You oh, were just such a blessing to chat with and I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.